0: Acts twenty twenty four, and this is what he writes but I do not count my life of any value or account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God isn't that good Amen. that if we could just get to the place where we absolutely understand that it's not about me It's really not. It's not about us. We get the privilege to be a part of, of what God is doing. And, and, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, understood so clearly what it was like to have a life that he held loosely, that he was used wherever God wanted him to go. He went and he was used there. Uh, he accomplished things. And uh, one of the things that was at the forefront of his motivation was that of multiplying himself and multiplying the churches that he had an opportunity to be a part of. One of those churches was the church at a place called Colossae. And in the book of Colossians, in chapter 4, just a short letter that he wrote, but in chapter 4, he gives some final instructions. And I loved the, the fact that in my Bible, the little subheading that was not there originally, but somebody added, says final instructions or further instructions. And I thought, well, how cool would that be to sort of give some further instructions to uh, this little gathering of people? Because indeed, this week and in the coming couple of weeks, God is turning the page on what we have known as worship without walls that started um, out in the hot in the tent that was often wet with mist and rain and and, uh, muddy and so forth. And graciously God moved us here through a disaster and um, here we are and it's just been a good journey. Hasn't it been a good journey? Well, uh, the title you may see on the worship guide on the front uh, page, the title of the message is on your mark, get set, go. You know clearly what that means. You remember uh, being a kid and you would get in a race and Um, You would line up and you'd make sure that you were absolutely even and and you would say on your mark, or somebody would say on your mark, get set, go, and you would take off. Well, that all comes from um, the Olympic Games where runners come to their mark and they they get set to run and then at a certain point they take off and run. We'll see the same thing uh, at the race today. They'll say, gentlemen, start your engines. And they'll, and, and lady, gentlemen and lady, start your engines, because there's a lady driving. Um, and they'll start their engines, and they'll come around, and they'll wait, and, and they'll get a signal, a green flag, and when they get the green flag, they will shoot. Um, they will, will they'll floor the pedal, and I would so love to be in that car when they do, but they will floor that pedal, and that car will roar and start going around the track, uh, but they're waiting. They're, they're doing things while they're coming around the track. They're testing everything out. They're getting everything in order, and then they they go. So on your mark, get set, go. And we're going to kind of walk through this passage with those words in our minds because God has brought us uh, the answers to a number of our prayers. One was that he would bring us a pastor, and he has. Amen. I'll confess to you uh, the last couple of weeks that I almost got into a fight. <laughs> yeah, I almost got into a fight because, you know, everybody has an opinion, right? And I was talking with a gentleman, and I was, so, encu- I was so encouraged by uh, talking about Pastor Eric. And, and this guy said, well, he'd have been great for Daytona Beach 10 years ago, and I thought, don't, please don't say that, and then he said, yeah, that was his best message, Just, just downhill from there, and I put my hands in my pocket, because I was going to throw him on the floor, and, and kick him, and stomp him, and things like that, but I was just reminded that as God is working, guess who is also at work, the enemy, to oppose what God is doing, uh, but I did not lose my cool, I could have very well, but there was a crowd of witnesses around, and so it would have been very bad. It would have been uh, like on YouTube and stuff like that in, in no time, Facebook. Uh, so I, I just politely excused myself and walked away, but it just helped me to understand how important um, Paul's instructions to the church at Colossae in chapter 4, 2 to 6. How important those words were for them to hear, but also for us to hear as well. As God turns the page to a new chapter, um, the same story, just a new chapter, we have to recognize that He is always doing more than what we can initially see. He's always doing more than what we can initially see. So let's read these four verses, and then we'll walk through these together. Verse 2 of chapter 4, Colossians, he says, "...continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak." And then walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time, and let your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You know, if we just took those verses and wrote them on a little card, uh, like this, we could just take a little piece of paper, and uh, we stuck that in our pocket, and we just pulled it out every day, and we just... We just did what it said for our pastor as he leads our church. How incredible do you think God could use uh, this body of believers? If we just took those little instructions and and put those in our pocket and pulled them out, and uh, that we prayed watchfully and with thanksgiving, and we prayed for an open door. Earlier this morning, I got a text message from Linda Sue Lowry. You know Linda Sue. She is the tall lady that dresses like uh, a China person or, or, or a person from India from time to time. She served the Lord with the International Mission Board. Um, Linda Sue is at the track today, and she sent me uh, a text just to say, hey, I won't be there. I'm at chapel this morning um, at, the, at the Speedway And uh, I'm serving there and I'm ministering there. And I said, great. Hey, we're preaching Colossians 4, 2 to 6 this morning. And in those passages, Paul prayed or or told the church to pray that there would be an open door for the word to go forth. And I said, so, hey, what we're going to do this morning is pray for you and the team that there would be an open door there at the track for the word to go forth and to transform people's lives. So we, we did that this morning, and we did that in, in our prayer time as we right before we gave together. But what a great little set of instructions. You just put these maybe on your mirror in the morning, just to remember, pray watchfully and with thanksgiving, and pray for open doors for the word to go forth, and uh, pray for um, our pastor particularly, that he would know how he is to speak. So on your mark... Let's take that one. On your mark. So how is it that we get on our mark and and get ready to get set so that we can go? Well, on your mark, um, Paul tells us in verse 2, he says, pray watching and with thanksgiving. Pray watching and with thanksgiving. Pray watching with thanksgiving. See, we have asked God, for a lot of things over the past couple of years. We've asked Him for so many things. And I don't know about you, but the list you know, gets to be so long when we pray for financing, and we're praying for a pastor, and we're praying for permits, and we're praying for this, and we're praying for that. Our time can sometimes just become that we're going to the Lord with a list of stuff, and we just daily present, here, Lord, here's the list again, uh, just, just so you know, here's the list again, as he forgets, as though he forgets. Um, so here's the list, here's the list, and oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I sometimes forget to watch as the Lord is working, and to express back to him thankfulness for what he has done. And I know I'm probably the only one in the room, and I I accept that fact. I do. That's okay. I'll be the only one who forgets to say thank you. But what a good reminder, isn't it? That as we're praying to the Lord, we're watching what He is doing. And Paul says that we have to be careful to be thankful and express thankfulness for what God does. And so as we get ready to get on our marks for this new chapter, I want to encourage you, as as I am encouraging myself, to add time, intentional time, just to say thank you. And to try to make the time that I just say thank you to the Lord more than the time that I say, Lord, here's here's what I need, and here's what I need, and here's what I need, and here's what I need. And here's what I need. But it also, this idea of watching is, is a little bit different as well, because Paul is saying, as you pray, and in the context here, he's talking about um, that there would be opportunities for the preaching of the gospel, for the word to go forth, but that as we are praying, we need to be keenly aware of what's happening around us. We need to be, we need to recognize what is going on around us? I, I hesitate to... Uh, to um, some people will take the newspaper in one hand and the Bible in one hand and, and try to figure out what, what's getting ready to happen based on what the Bible says. I'm, I can't do that. And, and, but, but I do know this, that there are times when things happen uh, that come across the news or so forth that just makes me aware of, oh yeah, our world is jacked up. To use the vernacular of the high school. (laughs) Our world is messed up. It's broken. We know that last week there was a tragic shooting on a school down in South Florida. We prayed for that in our prayer time. Continue to do so. Pray for the churches that are there. But it also precipitated a whole bunch of stuff copycats and people pretending and, and so on and so forth. Arrests had to be made in our own city. Schools, for a period of time, had to go into protective mode and sort of, quote-unquote, be on lockdown. It's a, it's a dangerous world we live in. But I also uh, saw a tweet this week uh, on my Twitter feed, and it was uh, a pastor quoting... Uh, an article that happened in the state of Ohio. And it really turned my stomach initially just to think about how messed up our world is. But then uh, as it settled, I just, and it still, it's still very discouraging, John, really, what I, what I read. But a judge in Ohio, I think it's this past week, ruled that a, that a young uh, teenager was removed from the care of his parents because they would not support his um, transformation from one gender to another gender and awarded custody to his grandparents. On the grounds that, um, he needed to proceed with this transformation because it was making him sad and suicidal. And so a child, young adult, almost an adult, was taken from his parents by the courts And given to his grandparents. And and that's not over yet. It's going to continue. But doesn't that kind of just give you a picture. Of how incredibly messed up our world is. That we have to be so aware. How to pray. And then we pray. And we watch God work. And then we, we have to be so careful. That we do so with thanksgiving. So. On your mark, we need to pray. On your mark. Now get set. Get set. That's verse the next verse. Paul says, at the same time as you're praying, also pray for us. He's talking about Paul and his associates. Pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Translation, it was difficult for Paul to do what Paul was called by God to do. It winded him up in jail, in prison. And so he asked the church there at Colossae to pray for him. And while he's in jail, he's saying, Would you please pray that there would be an open door for the word to go forth? And he's praying this, he's instructing them in this, encouraging them in this while he's in jail. That doesn't even compute to me. Just to be honest. I would be trying to figure out how to get out of jail. I I know that I would not be sitting down writing you encouraging words to please pray for the gospel to go forth. I would be on the phone calling my wife, find me a lawyer. A different one. Because I'm not Like Paul. And what I'm afraid of is that as it gets more difficult in our country to be a Christian and to live out the gospel, I hope that what happens is it emboldens us as it has in other places around the world. But what I'm afraid will happen as it, as it gets difficult that we will become quiet and we're already quiet when it might we might get picked on because of our faith but when it gets to be to the point where it's illegal to be a believer and it's illegal to preach and when Already we're seeing in some parts of the country where people are are demanding the manuscripts of pastors to use against them as, as hate speech. Paul is emboldened because he counted his life as of no value to himself, but that he would finish his course, that he would testify of the gospel. So we need to pray, watching on your mark, now get set, and pray for open doors. That's get set, pray for open doors, for the word. Um, Raceway ministry that's happening at the track actually started in the state of South Carolina. Proud of that. Um, There's a speedway in, in South Carolina in Darlington. Anybody been to Darlington before? Great. So that's where my hometown is very near Darlington. We moved from Darlington to Mooresville to Daytona following the NASCAR circuit. I don't know where the Lord will take us next. Hopefully, homestead. nowhere <laughs> homestead. Oh. So, at at the at, at this raceway ministry event it, at Darlington at the track, um, it, there was a gentleman by the name of Gary, a friend of mine. He was a pastor at a church there, and Gary was serving at the track. And he was one of the things they did was give rides to people on a golf cart. People who had difficulty getting around. And he said he got on, or he gave a ride to a young man who, who wanted some money. And it was Gary's um, in practice, and really it's the ministry's practice, not to give out money, but to offer words of encouragement, to give gifts and so forth. But on this particular day, he reached in his pocket and he had a $20 bill, and he gave it to uh, the gentleman, and he shared Jesus with the gentleman, he gave him the money. Um, the guy was down on his luck, probably came there and, um, and spent everything he had in enjoying the race. And uh, he went away, and it was a, a year or two years later, Gary said that a gentleman approached him and said, you may not remember me, but he recounted the time when, when Gary uh, gave him a ride, and he recounted the time, you gave me $20 because I, I was down on my luck, and and, and I was so encouraged by what you did that I went back home uh, to where I'm from and, and I got my family and we engaged in a church. We got in a church and I want you to know that my life is different now because you took the opportunity um, to share the word with me. An open door for the word to be shared. Let me tell you a little tidbit about the Colossian church. It's likely, and scholars are not sure about this, but it's likely that uh, a gentleman by the name of Epaphras, he's mentioned in chapter 1, verse 7, says Paul is is thanking the church. He's grateful for their faith. He says that you first heard from our fellow worker Epaphras. Scholars don't know this exactly, but there was a period of about two years where Paul was in Ephesus preaching. And he went into the synagogue, and he was there, and he was uh, talking and and there's a, there's a verse in, uh, it's Acts chapter 19, there's a verse that says that this continued, his teaching continued for a period of about two years, and people from all of, of Asia, uh, both Jews and Gentiles, heard the gospel, and uh, the rest, they say, is history, uh, the finish of the book of Acts. Well, it's likely, and scholars don't know, it, it's likely that... That Epaphras heard the gospel while he was perhaps on business or pleasure in Ephesus. And he goes back to Colossae and he um, shares maybe with those that he knew uh, what he heard in Ephesus. And what comes out of his sharing with the people that he knew and loved and was close to was a church. That fast forward years later, and Paul is in prison in Rome, because he's made it his business to get the gospel to the whole world, and now he's ultimately in prison in Rome, awaiting an audience with uh, with Caesar. He writes a, a letter of encouragement to this church, and he mentions Epaphras. And it doesn't say this, and, and there's nowhere you'll find this, it's just a... a Possibly could be that he would remember the time that possibly... That please, no, I'm possibly saying this. This is hypothetical. That he would remember the time that he met Epaphras, that Epaphras heard of Jesus. He was transformed. He went back to where he lived, and those around him was transformed. Isn't it just like God to bring somebody to Daytona Beach to watch a race, and they meet somebody with the raceway ministry, and they hear... Uh, of Jesus, and they go back to their place, and they um, are so transformed by what they hear that they begin to share with others, and their circle of influence is transformed as well? Would it be just like God to interrupt somebody's life when they come here on business or pleasure, and they go back home, and they transform their household and, and their city block, and and then a work begins and their city is is changed. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't it be just like God? So we pray for those open doors. On your mark, we're praying for the opportunities, the opportunities that will arise. I want to encourage you in something. If you haven't done so in a little while, uh, you could do it today and probably not run into too much trouble. Um, but if you leave out of this um, out of this driveway where we meet and head north on Tomoka Farms Road uh, you'll come to the motor mile where you will see all these car dealerships and you'll come to a stop sign and that's LPGA Boulevard and that crosses uh, I-95 if you were to turn left on LPGA Boulevard and head down LPGA and drive pretty slow take in the scenery you're gonna see um, as far as you can see um, the places where large tractors have come and cleared land and they're putting in roads and they're putting in sewer and they're putting in water And the reason they're doing all that is not just for the sewer and the water, but they're going to put houses there. And so if you continue on down LPGA Boulevard, you'll come to um, uh, Highway 92, which is this right here. So you make a big circle down LPGA, and you'll see all of these homes that are being built. And then you'll come just a little bit further down to Highway 92, and then you could turn east. That's towards the ocean, Brother Dick. Turn east on Highway 92, and that'll take you uh, back to this road, we call it Tomoka Farms Road, which crosses Highway 92. And you could turn south on uh, Tomoka Farms Road and head out past the flea market. You'll pass that on the left-hand side and go just a little bit further and you'll come to an entrance to a property. It's about 220 plus acres. It's on the left. I mean, you know, the flea market's on the left. The property's going to be on your right. And you go on just a little bit further. Now, keep in mind when you pass that property that you've just seen a place where thousands of homes are going to be built thousand or so homes are going to be built. And you go on a little bit further, and you pass the entrance to the landfill, and you keep going. Don't turn there, but keep going, and you're going to come to an intersection of Town West Boulevard and uh, Tomoka Farms Road, and that'll connect you back over to Williamson Boulevard. And so turn um, left onto Town West, and you're going to see all the way down Town West Boulevard when six months ago it was all uh, forest. It's now cleared, and they're building apartment complexes, and they're building houses. And so head on downtown West Boulevard, and you're going to come to Williamson Boulevard. And, and when, you turn, when you get to Williamson Boulevard, um, head back to the right on Williamson Boulevard. I hope you're writing this down, Dick. Uh, head right on Williamson Boulevard, and what you're going to find is that uh, about a year ago or so, Williamson Boulevard stopped right where Airport Road uh, leaves Williamson to go around to Venetian Bay. Well, now, if you continue on Williamson, you go all the way, all the way through, back to, I think it's Pioneer Trail, and uh, likely, um, there's, well, there's golf courses along the way there, and people like to play golf, but likely there's going to be homes uh, all along there as well. Do you get the picture? That God is doing something, and wouldn't it be just like God to bring somebody down to Daytona Beach to retire and move into the Latitudes, the Margaritaville place, and wear flip-flops for the rest of his life. Wouldn't it be just like him to, to move somebody down here to retire and live easy, and he meet a bunch of people from First Daytona, they invite him to church, and his life is transformed. And when he visits back to the place where he came from, he was a mess there, and what he left was a mess, but he goes back there, and he begins to live out his transformed life, and the place that he left from and the people that he knows and loves begins to be transformed, and, and his home has changed, and then his city block has changed, and then his city begins to be changed. Opportunities. Let me tell you about another. Uh, this past, and what I'm about to tell you is top secret. So if you tell anybody, I'm going to have to have you arrested. Um, several months ago, um, I was invited by uh, Kim Boyce. Would you just raise your hand? The Fellowship of Christian Athletes and Michael Stovall uh, to, to serve with the Atlantic High School football team. And I've told you that story. And uh, that was We were so successful, the whole coaching staff is now gone. (laughs) And what I'm about to tell you, though, is uh, I have to be careful because uh, what I was doing there was being a character coach, trying to help young men live out character. Well, I got so caught up in the football aspect of it, being a football player, former football player, um, 100 years ago, that uh, there was an occasion where um, I, almost, I almost slammed the door on, on the opportunity to be a character coach because I was watching a game, and I was watching the offensive line stand and look, appeared to be looking at the quarterback getting sacked. And I, I got in their face, <laughs> the line. I left the sidelines, and I got in their face, and I almost ruined the opportunity. <laughs> But God was faithful, and so fast forward, and, and one of those linemen is here, and I said an ugly word to them. I got so caught up in the moment, um, but, I, but that led to an opportunity where I got a phone or text message from a softball coach, and the softball coach said, hey, I have a first year coach, She's never coached before, would you be interested in just coming to be a coach? And I said, sure, I just, I, I thought you just showed up. Well, I had to go through a whole hiring process. Uh, Though I'm not getting paid anything, a whole hiring process to be a coach with the district. And so now, this is top secret. I'm swearing you all to secrecy. God has opened a door that I could be fully embedded on the campus of Atlantic High School. Fully embedded. To be an encouragement now, let me say... Um, I noticed this morning that I have a bunch more gray hair that I didn't have about three weeks ago. Because there's a group of young ladies that are incredible young ladies, and I see greatness in them, and I'm, I'm pulling my hair out trying to help them see the greatness in them and, and to get that greatness out of them to be incredible ball players. But that's not the primary mission. The primary mission is uh, to establish a, a huddle among the softball team So, we have a sports specific huddle of softball players who get to hear about Jesus. Y'all, that's cool. That is an open door. We couldn't have orchestrated that on our own. God did that. Now, here's the top secret part I get to go to the school and go to the office and say, I'm here to do field maintenance right? And they give me a gator, a John Deere gator dick. (laughs) And I get to drive that John Deere gator down to the fields. And my girls have videos of me (laughs) driving this thing around the field and it's so fun. But as I'm driving this thing, dragging the fields, getting ready for the games, what they don't know, and this is top secret, and I'm going to have to deny it, don't make me lie. I'm praying the whole time. I hope there's nobody here who's going to get me in trouble. But I'm on a district piece of equipment praying all the way down that dirt road, all the way around the field, all the way around the field, and then back down the dirt road. I'm on the campus (laughs) praying. (laughs) But I... I so want to win ball games that I almost ruin my testimony every time. <laughs> so pray for that, that, it would, that the word would go forth. That's my point. So when your mark gets set, we pray for those opportunities and then go. Verse 5 says, Paul says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. In other words, taking advantage of every opportunity that comes along. Every opportunity that comes along, we have to take advantage of it. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Here's what he means. As we go, we just have to live lives that are attractive, I'm convinced, and I hope you are, that really Christians are the only people in the world who have anything to be happy about. Genuinely, honestly, happy. But our lives ought to be that, that when we walk in the room, that the favor of the Lord is on us, and people just want to hear and ask us, why do you do that? Why? How? We were at, boy, I'm over time. We were at the University of North Florida yesterday, and I saw one of these kinds of people. I didn't get to talk to him, but I think that he was the dean of the honors college at the school. I think. I don't know. I hadn't met him yet. I just know that when he walked into this little courtyard where we were, he commanded the whole place. And he was just a guy, and I watch people. So if you ever feel like somebody's watching you, I am. I watch everybody. I like to see what people do, and what makes people tick. But I saw this guy, and having been studying the passage, I was like, that's it. That when we go someplace... When we go somewhere, people should notice. Not that they notice us, but they notice our conduct. They notice our speech. They notice our kindness. They notice our love. They notice our sacrifice. And they say, why? And that is the door (laughs) for the Word. That we live our lives in such a way that people are so attracted to. To, to what we stand for and what we believe and what we do, not because we are seeking to win every argument that we get into. That's exactly the opposite of what Paul is encouraging them in verse 6. He says you need to know how to answer people. You need to let your speech be seasoned with salt. I was thinking about that and I, uh, the mashed potatoes came into my mind. And you know how bland mashed potatoes are just on their own. But if you put a little salt on the mashed potatoes, you're like Emerald Lagasse. Bam! And it's good. That's how our speech ought to be. We shouldn't be boring. We should be engaging. If we're a business person, we we should command the table where the business is being conducted. We should be not large and in charge but we should be present and, and attractive and engaging. In every sphere where we find ourselves, we ought to leave a wake that leaves people asking, who in the world was that and what do they do? Because I want to know more about them. And that's the door. That's the opportunity for the Word. Because that's what transforms hearts and minds, the Word. So on your mark, pray. Pray watching aware get set pray for doors opportunities pray for uh, those who are speaking pray for those who are suffering and then go walk in wisdom towards outsiders and let your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So to the Atlantic athletes, I'm sorry for the times when my speech is not seasoned with salt. Here's the thing. There's a whole life that Jesus has for us to live. And that begins with placing your faith in Him. Turning from our sin and turning to Him. And then He gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be used by him to see others transformed, to multiply ourselves. You know, the coolest thing about what it is that God is doing with all of these neighborhoods is how many people we have living in or in proximity to all of these neighborhoods. And I can tell you that, that one of the things Pastor Eric is going to challenge us to do is to, I don't want to speak for him, but I think this is going to be the case, so don't quote me, is to establish little outposts all over the place using the greatest asset that we have, the largest asset that we have, our homes, opening our homes for people to hear the gospel all over the place. And wouldn't it be just like God to raise up somebody to move into an apartment complex where people are paying $2,400 a month for rent and to open their home and, and, and to invite the people in to hear the gospel. Wouldn't it be just like God to do that? So opportunity after opportunity. But today, um, this is where it comes home to you. And I want to ask you, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, let today be that day. Let today be the day that you come to the place where you say, you know what? I've tried it on my own. I've tried to do it my way. Now I want to give my life to Jesus. Let today be that day for you. We're going to sing in just a moment, but I want to pray for us. And so I want to ask you, if you'll just bow with me and let's begin to pray. Um, what What a tremendous passage this is. To see a life, a heart like Paul sold out to the gospel. But if you would say today, I've never placed my faith in Jesus, but today I want to begin that journey. Would you just right where you are and no one is looking around, just slip your hand up and say, hey, today I'd like to begin that journey. of Walking with Jesus. Amen, I see that. Today, I would like to begin that journey of walking with Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, I'm a believer, but I, I don't know that God is impacting the places that I go through my life. But that would be the desire of your heart, to be used by Him. To go to the places that you live and work and play, and through your life, God would transform hearts of the people that you encounter and that you impact. And if that's you today, you'd say, I want to be used by Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up right where you are? Say, I want to be used by him. Everywhere that I go, I want to be used by him. I want to be a transformational agent in this city. Because it might just be that you would make it to one of our campuses, our college campus, and you might meet a gentleman or a young lady from another part of the world. And through your conversation, they're transformed, and they go home, and their home is transformed, and their street is transformed, and their city becomes transformed. It happened with Colossi. Why couldn't it happen today? All it takes is His people being obedient. So we're going to respond here in just a moment. And if you would place your faith in Jesus, I want to, I want to speak to you about that. I want to talk with you and help you take that next step. And if you would say, I want to be used by Him while we sing, I just want you to tell Him that. So God, I want you to use me. I want to be prepared. I want to pray, watching with thanksgiving. I want to pray for doors that are open that the word might go forth. And I want to walk in wisdom with those who are not yet believers. That my speech would be seasoned with salt. That I know how I ought to respond and answer everyone. Just tell him that. God, I want you to use me. And you watch how he begins to put opportunities in your path where he can use you wherever you find yourself going. So, Father, thank you for this time that we get to respond, and we just ask that you would have your way in this time, that you'd move in our hearts. Give us the courage to respond to you, and we pray all of this In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if today would be the day that you would trust Jesus, I'm going to be standing right here. And we're going to stand and sing, and I would love for you to walk right here, and let's talk. Let's begin this journey of what it means to follow Jesus and to walk with Him and to be used by Him and to love Him, to be loved by Him, to be empowered by Him. So however God is moving in your heart, And in your life, you respond to him. Justin, you lead us. We'll respond and then we'll um, go and be used by Jesus to transform our world.